A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning while it was still dark and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the other burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first. And he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you. Good morning, and happy Easter to you all. It's beautiful to see the church full. I said this the other night. And uh, there's a couple people standing in the back. You're welcome to stand in the back, but there is some space in the front if you desire. Uh, This morning, we have a letter from Bishop Conley, which reads as follows. To the clergy, religious, and lay faithful of the Diocese of Lincoln, Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Alleluia, Jesus Christ is risen. This is the good news that is heard around the world today and settles in the heart of every Christian. In the words of Pope Francis, let us raise our eyes to the risen Jesus. His gaze fills us with hope, for it tells us that we are loved unfailingly and that however much we make a mess out of things. His love remains unchanged. This is the one non-negotiable certitude we have in life. His love does not change. May the steadfast love of Christ fill your hearts and your homes this Eastertide. His love and the hope given to us through his resurrection is the cause of our joy. As we celebrate Easter, I am happy to join Archbishop Lucas and Bishop Hannafelt 
in announcing that the Sunday and Holy Day obligation will be restored on May 23rd, the Solemnity of Pentecost. It is my hope and prayer that the Holy Spirit will bring us all together once again as a Catholic community. More information about this announcement will be forthcoming in the next several weeks as we journey together through the Easter season. Wishing you and your families every Easter blessing, I remain sincerely yours in Christ, James D. Conley, Bishop of Lincoln. And so the Sunday obligation will be restored on Pentecost, which should be like, yes, things are normal-ish, right? And there will be articles coming out in the register really expressing that and doing some catechesis on the Mass obligation and, um, and, and also talking about when the Mass obligation doesn't apply because it, there's times that it doesn't apply. Like when people are very, very ill, the Mass obligation doesn't apply ever. But today in the Gospel, we have this scene, which is one of my favorite scenes in all of Scripture, where Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb early in the morning while it's still dark. And in the other Gospels, the reason she goes to the tomb early in the morning is because she wants to anoint his body, and they bring spices and things like that to preserve his body. And really, she's going there to grieve and to take care of our Lord, right? to take care of his body. And when she arrives, the tomb is empty. The tomb is empty, but she doesn't yet know that it's empty because he rose from the dead. And so she runs back to Peter and John, and she tells Peter and John. And then they take off running. And John arrives at the tomb first. And there's lots of explanations why John arrived at the tomb first, because if I was in my teens still, I could probably beat like 40-year-old Peter. Another explanation for that, though, is given by Hans Urs von Balthasar. And he talks about how John arrives at the tomb first because love outruns office. Because love outruns office. And the beloved disciple is a symbol of that vocation of love. Like his whole vocation was to be loved by our Lord. He's the one that reclined on our Lord's chest at the Last Supper and listened to his heartbeats. And Peter is given this office. You are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But Peter is oftentimes going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth like we heard on Thursday and Friday. Lord, I will never abandon you before the cock crows three times you'll deny me. And he denies him and then he comes back. And so love outruns office. John's moved by love to arrive at the tomb first. And then there's this interesting detail that John waits when he gets there. So he's the first one to get there, but he doesn't like sort of run in to satisfy his curiosity. He waits for Peter. And Peter enters the tomb first because love also has reverence for office. 
John knows that like Peter has authority that's been given him by Christ. And so he waits and lets Peter go into the tomb first. It's really a beautiful balance of things. And it also reveals something of their motivations and our own motivations for why do we come to Mass on Sundays? Or why do we pray? Or, or what is it that moves our own hearts? Are our own hearts moved by love or office? Our own hearts moved by love or office? You know, do, we, do we come to Mass on Sundays because, it's a, because we're moved by love? Because our Lord has entered into our life and done something amazing and we can't help ourselves but to come here and to be with him and to receive him because we want to be transformed by him. Or do we come to Mass every Sunday because like, we have to, because we're supposed to be here. And it's what we do because we're Catholic. Right? Because we're Catholic, even if we look miserable, we're Catholic. There's really three things that motivate people in general, right? One is love and one is duty. And the third is fear, right? So fear, duty, and love. Whenever we're talking about people who change their behaviors, they can change their behaviors because of fear, duty, or love. And and I think a lot of us practice our faith because of fear, duty, or love. Either like I'm afraid that I'm going to be punished by God and so I want to follow the rules. Or, like, I'm motivated by duty and I want to follow the rules because I want to do what's right because I feel like I'll be rewarded if I do what's right. Or I'm motivated by love because our Lord's entered into my life and he's changed everything so much that I have to be different. And there's nothing wrong with being motivated by the first two. We just have to recognize that there's something more that our Lord wants for us. There's something more that our Lord wants for us. When I was a kid, my pastor, he always gave this same sermon all the time. Because all priests have like one sermon that they give all the time. And his sermon was, you, you have to tie yourself to Jesus and you can use a string, a rope, or a chain. And he was kind of this old curmudgeonly pastor who had a great influence on my life. And, and he would always be like, you can be tied by a, a string, a rope, or a chain. What do you want to be? A chain. But those kind of correspond, right, to fear, duty, and love, right? Fear is like being tied with a string, duty with a rope, love with a chain. And today we do celebrate this most amazing event that our Lord suffered and died for us, that that as he went to the cross, he carried in his own heart and in his body the consequence of the sin of the whole world. That means that during his passion, He became aware, even in his humanity, of the magnitude of the consequence of the sins committed by everybody in the world. Which means he felt the consequence of my sins that I've committed against people and against him. But he also carried in his heart the consequence of every sin that was ever committed against me. Which means particularly in that moment, it was a moment in which our Lord knew all of the loneliness that 
a person's ever felt, all the rejection that a person has ever felt, all of the isolation that a person has ever felt. Anytime you've ever felt like an outcast, like you don't belong, like you're not good enough, like you're unlovable, Jesus felt all of that and carried it in his heart. And then he gave up his spirit on the cross. Into your hands, Lord, I commend my spirit. And he descends into hell. And that same theologian, Hans Urs von Balthasar, who talked about Peter and John, he talks about this descent into hell and it, as if our Lord is going down and he's sort of like leaving the consequence of sin there. And on the third day, he rises again transformed. And that's his desire for each and every one of us, that, that we're able to leave our sin behind. And that we'll all be resurrected again and transformed. That, that we'll be new people. And whatever darkness there is inside of our hearts, our Lord wants his light to fill it. Last night as we blessed the Easter fire and we processed into the church and the church was filled with everybody's small candles, the church was illuminated. And that's what our Lord wants to do in our hearts. And we're all called to come to believe that he truly rose from the dead. And if that's true, then I can too then I can too. I can overcome all of my selfishness. I can overcome all of the lust in my heart. I can overcome all of my independence or my self-reliance. And I can know the joy of truly belonging to him. You know, that's what we desire. You know, and as we prepare to have the mass obligation restored, It's time for all of us to reflect on, am I motivated by fear, duty, or love? And we need people who are motivated by love to move others to come back. You know, so many people are worried that people aren't going to come back around the country. But the thing that will bring them back is love. The thing that will draw them back is your witness. And when they see that there's something different in your heart, when they see there's something different about you, it's the most amazing thing somebody can say is, there's something different about you. What is it? I fell in love with this person named Jesus. Let me introduce you to him. And that's what we're called to do, especially during this Easter season, is that we're each called to be a light that goes out and fills the darkness in the world around us. And so today, let us pray that, that we each experience that kind of resurrection and illumination within our own hearts. That our own motivations be purified more and more, that we truly be moved by love. And that as we go out into the world, we do become lights that shine in the darkness. Drawing in more and more people.
to experience the grace and love and mercy, the resurrected life of our Lord Jesus Christ.